You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Copper and a Yarn podcast. Hello and welcome to A Kappa and a Yarn from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Alexandrovics Lovegrove. This episode features a man widely recognised as one of the most influential Aboriginal musicians in country music. Roger Knox is known as the King of Koori Country and the Black Elvis, and he's a founding father of the annual Aboriginal Cultural Showcase, which runs over a week during the famous Tamworth Country Music Festival each year. The Aboriginal Cultural Showcase is presented by the Tamworth Local Aboriginal Land Council and is proudly sponsored by the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. Roger Knox can make you laugh and dance and make you cry and says his main goals with his music and his life is to uplift and strengthen and touch people's hearts. I really hope you enjoy a cuppa and a yarn with the very deadly Roger Knox. Roger Knox, welcome to a cuppa and a yarn. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. You're very serious. Yeah. He's, he's sitting there across the table at me, like looking, looking sort of, uh, you know, um, very. Very low key and calm. <laughs> Although we are having a cuppa. Yeah, we're having a cuppa, and it's early morning. And it's early morning. That's probably why in uh, Tamworth. So uh, a cuppa and a yarn. We're yeah. um, chatting with people in Tamworth at the moment, and I, I, I've caught up with uh, Roger Knox, which is just fantastic. Yeah, it's great to be here with you. Talking yeah. With you. So um, as we usually do, who's your mob, Roger? Well. I'm 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 a descendant of the Wayland Creek people of the Gomeroy Nation. So I'm um part of the the great Camilleroy Gomeroy mob. But my grandmother and they were born on Wayland Creek Station, which is part of uh the northern New South Wales where my father was born in Old Yaraba Mission, which is uh, the first Aboriginal settlement in that northwest area of New South Wales, and and uh, yeah, and my grandparents were born are uh, just away from that on a, on a, on a, uh, a station, a Wayland Creek station. So I'm a descendant of those people from the Wayland Creek mob of the Gomorrah Nation. So yeah, I'm still part of that great nation. Yeah. Mm. And uh, where were you born? I was born in Moree, and that's a story in itself. I must tell. So I, I hear a lot about Maury Madness. Well, I don't know about Maury Madness, but <laughs> I was... Maury Magnificence. Yeah, well, I grew up in Tumala, Tumala, which is a little uh, Aboriginal community on the, or right on the, north, on the Queensland border, mm. which is 15 miles from a town called Gunduindi, which is in Queensland. Mm. At that time, Aboriginal people weren't accepted in that hospital. So my generation and two generations after me... Uh, the parent, our parents had to go to Moree and, you know, I'd go there a month before they give birth and then wait for another month and to come back home. Mm. So I was, I grew up in Tumala, but, you know, we, and I was born in the old McMaster's ward in Moree where most Aboriginal people were, mm. were born. And my mum was born at a place called the old middle camp in Moree 
which is you know just across from that that same hospital so uh and she was taken from there so it was you know a part of my heritage my history my life in that northwest area but i grew up at tumala we went home to tumala mm. and i think it was my brother my sister after me when things changed and we aboriginal people were accepted or allowed into the gandawindi hospital and uh, yeah and i grew up there i was educated there we at tumala and uh, we only went to sixth class and uh, you know, no one um, came along and said, uh, you know, talked about high school or further education. We, when you turned six, fifteen, you had to leave school. And nobody mm. come along and nobody even come up to my father and said, you know, you could be a fireman or you could be a policeman. So he didn't have within anything that he had to do mm. to say to me and to pass it on to me. So what I had to do is, you know, work just as hard as he did to to impress or to, you know, to further your, your job expectations. but So education, you know, we, I believe that I was totally denied in education because that system, uh, I spent two years in sixth class because you had to repeat if you, before you turned 15, so. I see. Yeah, so we, you know, the education system, which some that we missed out on and, and and I, you know, to me, I'm a great uh, advocate of education in today mm. with kids and you know young people because there's somewhere you could go if you got education. Absolutely. So at that time, um, you know, what 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 was Tumala like? How big was it? Well, Tumala wasn't a very big place. I reckon there's over mm, four or five hundred people, mm. but we was a close community, and you know the. I mean, it was a hard times, uh, sad times, uh, bad times, even sometimes going off mad times. But we we got on well. Everybody, you know, got on well. I mean, you know, we shared everything, even that life was a struggle because, you know, the work was pretty, uh, wasn't much. And uh, my father used to go away and for weekends at a time and come home at in between the time. You know, just, uh, life was hard. Uh, we, I mean, we lived on the rivers. We had plenty of fish and we had plenty of fruit and, uh, you know, but uh, they were important times to go and set your line at night and go and check your lines and before you go to school in the morning have, a, you know, plenty of fresh fish, Johnny cakes, tea and, yeah, but no, you know, but they were good times. Mm. We had a lot of love and respect for each other, ourselves, and then our elders, you know, it was a, a something that I think we, that binded us together in them days because we had our old people there, we'd listen and talk to her and they'd still, uh, you know, do the dances and tell the stories until things got a bit harsh and heavy from the, the you know, the authorities, the manager and all the welfare and that. and. They stopped all all the you know, old people telling their stories and you know speaking the language and because my auntie you know was a, spoke the language well and and in the in those days if they started talking to each other they would stop and look around and hold their hand up to their mouths and because 
And I was forbidden. You can't speak this language. You can't tell these stories. You can't do these dances no more. Mm. So that was all taken away and, you know. Uh, and that's, I remember them times and, you know, listen to them old people talking. And to to have that uh, memory of all that and you think, wish we could add more time and more listening, more learning. and Because that's the best way to learn is to listen. And because uh, my old auntie used to say, Biami is a great spirit, she said, give us a mouth that closes and ears that don't. <laughs> and made me think <laughs> that means yeah. something. That mm. means something. So, you know, listen more, speak less. So, and that's what we did in those days. We listened more and, you know, and spoke less. I was um, having a chat with um, um, a lady. Um, from the the Banbai Rangers, so from up Gyra way, yep. yesterday, and she she basically said the same thing. I think I think she's probably you know maybe a, a, around the same age as you, but um, she was a little bit more blunt with it. She said we were seen and not heard, and uh, we, yeah. <laughs> you know that that there was that too. Yeah, and and you know when we talk about learning, because my great auntie, who I reflect back because I went there when I came out of this accident and I uh, was in a wheelchair I went back she sort of used all that you know bush medicine to heal me and I walked I went from wheelchair to crutches then to walking stick and I walked away from there and, and when was this this was 85 86 because I spent so many years in bed after I you know come out of hospital and uh, we went and decided to go back and visit her and and because to me she was a, she was my grandmother's sister, mm. and my grandmother she was she uh, finished up uh, as a uh, uh, missionary. Uh, she uh, ran the church church at that time, and where my auntie she spoke the language and she healed us through bush medicine. She all hours of the night she brought children into the world, so she was a. I looked at her and thinking how how much she would have learned because when we think about education, we think about you know we go to school, we graduate, we go to high school, we go to mm. college, we go to university, we get our degree, mm. we become a doctor, then we stop learning and put everything into practice. But Marnie, she didn't stop learning, so she had. To me, she would have had at least ten degrees of knowledge. That's yeah. my thinking because she knew all about the stars. She knew all about the the human body. She knew about healing the plants. And to me, that's you know, she was had at least ten degrees of knowledge. That's that's how I look at it because their learning was never ending. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same as with how she and to talk to me about you know. Our, how she was connected to them old people because when she uh, talked to say God or Bihami she said she didn't talk direct to them she talked through the old people through the plants the living things to to God or to you know how they believed in them days so even their uh, uh, spiritual thing was a never ending thing as well because you know at least some religion come to a point where you you stop learning or you reach to some height, you know, like, I don't know, if you become a Buddhist and you reach the point of nirvana or something, they tell me. So, mm, yeah. well, we're just never ending. So, to me, I learned a lot from me and, and thinking back, 
thinking back and listening, which sort of said to me that I, I have to continue to learn if I want to become an elder. Um, I've got to continue to learn, to continue to listen, continue to, you know, to develop my understanding of everything. So so back in Tumala in, in those early days, so there was you and how, how many brothers and sisters? Well, there was yeah. 11 of us in yeah. my yeah. family. Yeah. And my mum, she was part of the stolen generation. She was taken at eight months of age. Mm. And when she came, she was 18 when she came back and she never told us a lot about it and, you know, but I've learned so much. And But, uh, her, you know, it's a very strict upbringing and, I mean, you know, if you didn't, you did the wrong thing, you, you get a little, little tap with a switch and then you have to go and yeah. pick you on, switch off the tree and bring it back and, mm. you know, you get... And, I mean, I lost my mum some 30, 40 years ago and I miss her today. Mm. I mean, you know, at the time, and if I did something I knew I had to, I did, it, did something wrong, so I'm good, I'm get expected to get a little... Hmm. A little tap. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, she was a strong woman and I, uh, you know, I think about, when I think back at them, our hair and her parents and my father and his parents, I think about their struggles. I think about their pain. I think about the odds that they had to overcome. And I think and there was no difference between them and us. The only difference was that they never self-destructed and because I believe that they was instilled in the true knowledge of who they were, which gave them a really good guide to where they want to go, you know. They didn't get misled, misdirected or have the wool pulled over their eyes because they were great people. Some of the greatest black people ever walked this earth. I think back on that, which lifts me at times, you know. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So so you were, you, you grew up there. Uh, Grew up big, in Tumala, yeah. Big family. Where did you? Where were you in the family? What number? Um, I'm about fourth. You're number four. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, um, there was about four after me. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah. it was a great family. My sister, she's still with us, and she, you know, helped in the family. She did so much, and uh, she uh, had some really decent education because when my grandmother left them, she. She was here. Now, can I go back and talk about that a little, just a little bit? Because mm. I grew up in the church. You know, like my grandmother was, uh, she taught Sunday school. And uh, at the time when the missionaries came to Tumala, she had to, she worked with the missionaries. I mean, she be, couldn't become part of the service and that. All she had to do was bring the people. Bring people. When yeah. you talk about the missionaries, what what sort of religion? Well, they it? were the old AIM, Aboriginal Inland Mission. In oh, day. okay. Yeah, right. and they were... They, well, you know, they ran the churches and that. Mm. And because my grandmother and grandfather, they become part of that. And they would become, you know, involved in the religion. And then he went to war and he didn't come back from the war. He was a prisoner in, in Changi somewhere and he's buried there. And so my grandmother, she took over from the church. But at that point in time, she couldn't be, I remember she couldn't become part of that system where she couldn't be take part in any of the services. So what she did, she went to 
Singleton Bible College. She's been about seven years or so many years there, and she studied uh, theology. What do you call it? Theology. Theology. <laughs> yeah, that's the part of the spirit. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, and she became a, a missionary, and she came back and ran the church, and she did a lot of lobbying through the AIM for you know Christmas time when kids needed uh, presents and Santa Claus and you know a big meal at Christmas time and. She was a part of that. She was a part of that, which she lobbied all the churches for. And she did lobby the government for better time, better the conditions there. And mm. she was part of a you know, great uh, few women there who did that. And I say women because they were strong, strong women in those days. They still are, and, you know. Mm. But and she left Tumai. She went to, and I'm getting to the point where my sister, Carol, who, and she had the, went to the mission in Karua Mission. She went. She had the church there, and my sister Carol went to uh, Raman Terrace High School, and that furthered her education. So, it's uh, because of my grandmother she moved, and she went from Karua uh, to uh, the Tweed, uh, Fingal. Okay. And then she went to Warabenda, Palmon, and then she finished up in Darwin at Harada uh, Dixon Home for. And so, she's, oh, that was an infamous place. Oh yeah, I know. She spent time there, and she, and uh, well, you know, she was a pretty strict woman, and I didn't understand all what was happening there. But uh, and she become part of other communities. So I, I believe in missionary work now because I mean, um, well, we don't need too much about it. We we people go overseas and do missionary mm, work, but mm. we need our own missionaries here in our communities. Among our people, and, mm, mm. you know, and and these are people who I grew up with. Strong women. My auntie was a spiritual, and she did language. She had bush medicine. She spoke the language. She, you know, I mean, language to them was medicine. Was magic. It come from nothing to sound. And they didn't waste words. They didn't throw words away. Words was important to them. And, you know, because they might say one word which meant a lot of things. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like, so to me that was something to, to remember as well. You're listening to A Cuppa and A Yarn. I'm Michelle Alexander of Love Grove. I'm here um, having a cuppa and a yarn uh, with the legendary uh, Roger Knox, who has uh, kindly come over and ha- had a bit of brekkie and, and, and yep. we're sitting down for the yarn. Roger, you did mention before, and I mean, I'll, I'll ask you if you're okay to talk about it. Um, this sort of works into with with your aunt and and with the bush medicine is about your accident, and 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 what happened to you, and how you you moved on from that because you know you, you you're walking mm. around, you you know you're on stage, you perform, etc. Yep. You'd never know that you were so unwell. Yeah, it was hard, Ron. Wait, so this was in the 80s, was it? This was in 80, yeah, 83, 84. Mm. I was on tour with a, a fellow called Brian Young who had a, he had an aeroplane tour and he toured throughout the central desert areas, mm. all up through the, you know, uh, Gulf communities and, yeah, and I did three months of that. And uh, at this point, I had I developed some really bad asthma and I was pretty left job that I was doing and I just couldn't, you know, I, it was so bad I thought I was going to, you know, I thought I wasn't going to make it. Mm. So at this point in time when he, I was, 
because I grew up uh, singing gospel music where I come from. My granny taught us all these songs, and we would look forward to, you know, Sunday school, Sunday night church, and we didn't have a church, but we, you know, there's a big fire, and everyone gathered around this fire, and we'd sing these beautiful old songs, and you know, which he taught us, and and really didn't realize later in life they were songs that came with the missionaries from overseas. So you know, but uh, it was uh, made us feel good singing some of these old gospel songs, and I wanted to dedicate a, a recording to my grandmother, which I did, but I wanted to do it while she was still alive and didn't get the opportunity. So I did a gospel album, album, and I dedicated it to her. And, because some of those songs, you know, still does me good today. I don't know how, but, you know, if I'm down and feeling not too good, even all hours of the night, I'll grab my guitar and I'll sing some of these old songs by myself in the middle of nowhere, but I start feeling good about myself. And I don't know, it does something, music does it to you, whether it's gospel, whether it's, you know. And that point in time when I was, I went back home to Tumala, I was living in Tamil. I was laid up here in bed uh, and we decided, someone said, let's go back and see my auntie and she'll help us with some healing and I had some really crazy burns at that time. I couldn't walk because I was still healing, you know, I was in a wheelchair, went back and every day for three weeks you would attend. They would get a, 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 a guana. We say guana in our country hmm. where we come from. <laughs> Not a guana. Yeah, just guana. Or yudendali or, you know, gogi. And, you know, she would uh, use the oil mm. from the guana and she would rub it on my back and legs and uh, bathe in a... Uh, there's a bush called yura bush. Yura, we, we call it. And they used to crush it and get the juice out of it. But what she did was boil it and put it in a big old bathtub. And, and I'd bathe in it, you know, just get in it and, 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 and bathe in it. And well, I'd get out and she'd sweep the ground. She'd sweep the ground and I'd lay at the lay on the ground. And then she'd rub this oil, oil on me. And at this point in time, I was had on there all kinds of painkillers, you know, and... I was going through all these heavy drugs to stop the pain, make me think that there's no pain. Mm. And it was so crazy, you know, so much pain. But at So so we we didn't actually talk about your accident though. Oh, so okay. you yeah, so oh, you were right. with <laughs> Let's go you, back again then. You were with Brian Young and yeah, you were on, on that tour and, and, yeah. and you had asthma. Yeah, and And what happened after Well that? see that except in this uh, job that he gave me to mm. go out, which was a it helped me that way because out in the dry desert country, I was I was good, mm. and I started to pick up on what everything I did, my music, and you know, and learning every night, performing different communities. Labor night was a one night uh, a thing, you know, mm. and I did three months. No, it was a month, sort of six weeks. I came home and we setting out again. And we got far as, uh, oh, we were just across on Lake Air, heading to Hooden the Data, and mm-hmm. we had engine mm-hmm. trouble. I was co-pilot. I'm sitting in the co-pilot seat when all this drama started happening. The engine stopped, and the pilot, you know, went on the mic, and he, he said, i got to uh, feather this engine. He had to turn it off. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, then he started going into his mayday call, mayday, 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 and I didn't know what was going on and just a big panic to me. Uh, you know, I'm just enjoying the flight. And, and then he said, we've got we to gotta go down. We could have made Udnadatta because it was that far away. We, but there was a rocky range. We didn't have enough power to get up over that. Yes. And we right. didn't have enough fuel to get around it. So, so you, you had to ditch we before had to ditch the range. It. That's what he said, we've got to ditch it. Yeah. And I didn't know what ditching meant. And, mm. But when he said, we've got to come down and come down with no where to come down, no airports, no. So he said, we'll have to, you know, let's look for some clear place. I'm, I'm next to him. And I'm, he's panicking. I ain't. I didn't realise what's going to happen until we, you know, we spotted, I spotted this track like a, a car track. Uh, used, looked like it was used. And so he said, yeah, we come down. It was rough and bumpy. and But we got out of that one okay. So it was 11 o'clock of the morning and I waited there all day to be rescued and plane another plane came along we had to clear the ground put it fix up all the holes and so it could land and it took some people from the crash site to Udnadana and made about four trips and I was one of the three of us one of uh, three others no yeah there was four of us with the pilot mm. three other guys myself yeah oh I'm just trying to remember now but anyway there was four of us I think there was yeah just the four of us uh, three with the pilot, uh, four with the pilot. Anyway, it was just on dark. The ground search and rescue people had came along, and just be, while he was gone, we were waiting for him to come back. So when he came back, it was just before dark, and by the time we landed, put some more equipment in, uh, they had to line their cars up because it was dark at this time, and we took off and don't know how long we was up there. They seen us come down, mm. so. Yeah, it was a fatal crash, that the rescue plane. So that's where I, you know, finished up. From four-hour trip to Udnadatta in the back of a truck, another four hours from there to Adelaide. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, there's there's a big story there, but I yeah, we it's won't a, go it, into it that. sounds like a huge story. Yeah, but you were clearly pretty badly oh, injured. Yes, yeah, so mm. I spent better months or something in. Intensive care and uh, so much, so oh, much. Roger. And yeah, to couldn't walk, and even like it was about so many years, mm. it couldn't do anything, you know. Mm. And even today, I still get some uncomfortable pain. And but I think it's the music that helps me. Like my grandmother, I was going to go back to that point where I give up the drugs, I give up, you know, all the painkillers, and mm -hmm. I went a little bit. Wamba, and a bit crazy in there. <laughs> we, we say Warangi. Warangi. Not in Jerry, yeah, so Wamba. Say it. Wamba, yeah. Warangi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a bit Warangi. Anyway, I just, you know, started mm. to see crazy things and go a little bit crazy in there. And and I, I, I don't know how I overcome that, but I believe in my uh, memory now, thinking back, I remember that our lady, she's she's... While she was rubbing, you know, all this stuff on me, and she was sort of like uh, chanting, or she go, mm, she's a humming, or and uh, you know, she'd yeah. do that, and I, I believe what she said or what she did fixed my mind up because I look back 
I'm thinking, hey, I woke up, went through the night without crazy dreams or without feeling pain in my head, and, you know. And so I'm, I have to put that down to here, fix my mind up as well. So, yeah, and I, I never took anything after that. Mm. No painkillers. I had to put up with it and deal with it myself, you know. And uh, it was hard, but I give her all the credit for giving me back and not going in to have another operation. And and the doctor questioned me about it, and I he wanted me to tell me story, what happened, I told him, no, I can't. And he wouldn't believe me anyway. Mm, so, that's right. Yeah. But uh, that was part of my healing, and it was uh, it was hard. I still can't I play guitar. Um, I mean, I, I wing through it, but, yeah, I just... <laughs> it's hard, but I, I, I you know, uh, you can't think. And, like when you wake up from a... Nightmare, you know, you wake up from a nightmare. It feels good when you wake up from a nightmare, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, going to s- back into a nightmare, going to sleep in a nightmare, it's not, it's not oh, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's that's part of my, you know, healing growing up and and start believing in who I am, you know, and and having more uh, faith. Oh well, I don't like to use the word faith. Trust more more than anything, because you know I think of trust more than because trust. When you put love and trust together, trust is mm. just as important, you know. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and but it's about who I am, like uh, uh, self belief, uh, self confidence, self knowledge, self respect, self love, and it goes back to believing in yourself, you know, and that's something that I think we all should do. And I was taught that by this other lady who was, you know, didn't have an education, but I think she had 10 degrees of knowledge, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's about learning, listening. and But believing in yourself, you know, I mean, I like I said, one of my greatest stumbling blocks was my shyness, and but that was the lack of belief in myself, you know, that shyness comes in, not believing what I can do and, you know, whether me, myself can do that. Yeah, and it's got to go back to you. And it's all about self-knowledge. Self-knowledge creates self-confidence, self-esteem, self-respect, self-love. So, yeah. You're listening to A Cuppa and A Yarn. I'm speaking with Roger Knox. Now, Roger, you know, you saying, I mean, I can see it, I guess, in your demeanour and I, obviously I didn't know you when you were a young man mm, and mm. etc. but that shyness that you talk of, mm. uh, it's interesting when you, you know, see someone who's a um, very seasoned performer, you know, and, oh. and has performed, such as yourself, you know, performed all over the place and saying that you're shy. You and know. news, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. But you know, so so obviously, you know, at the, at that time, you know, the, the the time of your accident, you know, you were already on these, that you were, on these big tours, etc. Mm-hmm. But um, and you were surrounded by music yep. from the moment you could hear, probably, yes. I'd say. Yes. So is is that how your your whole career began? Because it's not actually about a career; it's about your life. Your, well, your life I mean, is music. Yeah. Well, and I didn't have no great big dream to be anything other than, you know, good 
football or a good boxer. And, mm. But music wasn't uh, part of my dreams. It was just part of me and who I am. Yeah. Music was part of part of me, and I grew up with that. I grew up, you know, when I first came to Tamworthy, I was invited to go to a hotel here to sing, and it was scary. Because back home, you know, when you sing, you know, and you do a great song, nobody claps or nobody... <laughs> You know, there's no applause. Or, yeah, it's that was, like, oh, that's, that's good, but if they didn't like you, they wouldn't sit there and listen to you. Yeah, and yeah, that happens right. today in some central desert areas, you know. That's an experience that I, I learned too. Is that, you know, you put on a performance and they don't applause, you know. Yeah, so, but if they don't like you, they'll leave. They, they, want, they, they walk out in front of you. So the fact that they're staying means... Exactly, but you have to give 100% effort. You can't be half-hearted. You can't give a little Naraga Gammon performance. You've mm -hmm. got to give your best, 100%, 110%. No matter who's there, no matter how many people there, you still give your best. Mm -hmm. And that's going back to believing that you could do that. I mean, you know, you go there and say, oh, I can't, I don't have enough confidence to sing because there's no one there to sing to. That's wrong. You... You got a voice. You got a. You you can do that. Just sing. That's interesting. You know, if, um, if there's three people, as you were saying, there's still people to sing yes. to. Yes, yes. Give hundred percent to those three people. It's like when people talk about the desert and they say, "There's nothing there." Hmm? I go, "No, <laughs> there's so much and, there." And that's when people walk along and they see a tree. They see a green thing in front of them. That's just, but that's a living, breathing. Mm. A thing that's, you know, something that we should be grateful to is, mm. is uh, what it gives to us rather than what it is. And it's a part of us. So, so music is the same. Like, uh, you know, in our language, in the language of the Dugomero people, they were, we didn't have a word for, because Marnie used to say, we didn't have a word for hunger, hate or anything like that. We didn't have a word for thank you. Yeah. But we knew, we knew gratitude. Because everyone was defined by their attitude toward gratitude. I didn't have to. What I did for you, I didn't do that because, you know, for you to say thank you, Remy. I did it because I had to do it. It was good within me. That's a gratitude. I felt gratitude, see? Mm -hmm. And because it didn't have to come from you, it, it, it came from me. So I was defined by that attitude towards gratitude. That's, that's amazing, eh, to think of that. You know, some words like, hey, we don't know what hate, we don't know a word for hate, we don't have a word for anger, you know, we might get a little bit wild at times, but hey, nothing that was out of control. So it's a part of who we are, our words, who, you know, my old auntie used to say, ba, Bobby, 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 that means she said, yeah, you got to go home now to go to bed, to go to sleep, that meant all that. Mm. Where people they say you gotta go home, go out of bed, and go to sleep so you can have a good night's sleep. Oh, mm. Waste words. Barbie, <laughs> Barbie, you know, hey, Barbie, yeah, and uh, Yama, Yama, hey, how are you? Good, you well. Yeah. Don't have to go through all that. It means I say yeah, I say Yama a lot. Well, that means how are you? You mm. well? You good? Mm -hmm. it's just one word. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. In in Nuttingeri, we have a we have a word uh, which is nakin, um, and um, nakin is is the same sort of thing. So um, I can I can nakin 
I say goodbye. I'll yeah. say nakin ya. Yeah. Or nakin, nakin ya. Yeah. Um, nakin that, nakin means look. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So nakin means a whole whole lot yeah. of things. Yep. Check that, nakin means check that out. So it's about it's about seeing, but when I may, might see you again or you might see yep. me. So it's anything to do yep. with sight, yep. that one word yeah. is, is what we use. Well, there was no big long time greeting you know, all these words about greeting and, mm. and, and goodbyes with mm. just one word. Mm. Or mm. we say ungali yane. Mm. Or yane means, yeah, I'm going, but mm. I ain't coming back. That's final. Mm. But I say ungali, I mean, I'm going to come back. I'll see you again. Mm. So, mm. you know, you don't need a lot of words. Mm. And I come from a family of quiet people. My father, was he hardly spoke. He was quiet. And sometimes I like to be quiet. I go away where I live. I'm, I'm quiet for a week or so, I go silent and, and it's good. I can come out and be a, a regular chatterbox after that. So, mm. you, you live it in Queensland. I live in Queensland in yeah. Southern Downs, which is yeah. a little place way out and there's only about five people. No, five houses. And, and yeah, it's, I go back then. I guess um, someone said, you, you're just anti-social. <laughs> oh, no, I said, I'm pro-solitude. Yes. So that's what's about solitude. It's important to us. You know, I mean, we can get lost within ourselves. And someone said, because I'm from a long line of family of quiet people, see, you know, and, and, and the, quietest, the quietest person has the loudest mind. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. So, I mean, I can talk to you and I can sit here and just watch you and say nothing. I can listen to you, but I need to talk to you. Mm. So it's... You're a performer. You're a very creative person, and um, and you, you you're deep. <laughs> you are you you you're a deep human being. So when you talk about the loud mind, it's because there, there's so much there. So I I completely get why you need to live. I completely get it why you need to live in a in in a quiet place. Yeah, because I like to go quiet. Hmm. You know, and I mean, <laughs> solitude. You could be. Put away from solitude for a long time, but and but that's forced to do things. But when you operate on spirit, you draw people together. You draw, you come together in 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 your own spirit. But if you forced to do things, that's that's a different different matter. And uh, but silence, quietness, and and you know, silent, silent and quiet, silent and listen has the uh, same letters. Hmm. Does it? I have to write that Spell down. Spell it out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Silent and listen. Yeah. yeah. All yes. the same letters. Yes, true, true. Actually, listen has got an N in it. Oh, no, silent does too. Hello. I'll have to write this down. He's tricking me now. No, no, it's just, yeah. just about listening. And, yeah. You know, I mean, when I, I, I do some... Uh, a chaplain thing in a little place in the private school, not a non-denomination thing, and I talk to kids, you know, from a little kindergarten right to year seven, and you know they come to me with some problems with they're not doing their maths, and I said, oh, yeah, it's about practice. You practice your math, and I tell them work hard, study hard, save your money. It's about listening. When I get up in the morning, anything I say, anything comes out of my mouth, I ain't going to learn. The only way I'm going to learn is by listening. And that goes back to my uh, ancestors, our old people. They, you know, 
You sit around and you listen. And if they didn't want you to listen, then you have you be shunted away. Yeah. Mm. So it's important, eh? Yeah. So and that's the best way to learn. And listen with intent to understand, not listening with intent to speak. This is a cuppa and a yarn. <laughs> it's a yarn, yeah. <laughs> it's a yarn. Yeah. I'm Michelle Alexander of Love Grove and I'm speaking with uh, with Roger Knox. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, even in my sort of work over mm-hmm. over many years, because I've, I've yeah. sort of worked as a journalist for, for decades yeah. now, mm-hmm. but um, it there it is that rule. And it's, you know, when you're listening to somebody... All you do is listen, yeah. not think about what you're going to say next. And in journalism, we we you know we, we tend to be skipping ahead yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the next question I'm going to ask? And so I, I'm so happy, and I, I'm also so pleased to have been able to say to you at the start of this podcast, Roger, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know, no. I, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't about. know what you was going to ask me either. So yeah, let's just, just go. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I was going to, you know, who's your mob, where you're from, mm, yeah. and that's our way of starting, yeah, and yes. then we'll just see where we go from yeah, there. Yeah. And when we talk about listen, I had a great friend, Bobby McLeod, who had a song called, oh. he said, listen to the sounds about me. Yes. Didn't give me any peace, I was sick of all the hurt mm. and all the screaming. Stuck there laying in the gutter, brother. Didn't give me no release, so I stopped and thought about the black man's dreaming. Now I can walk with my head held up high, feeling secure, not living alive. That's one of my favourite songs, yeah. He was an amazing man. Ah, great Wasn't man. he? Yes. Um, yes. You know, it was funny, only, only recently I um, put in my car, I was with, you know, a couple, oh, a couple of my kids, a couple of teenagers and... And I said, you listen to, I said to my son, do you remember Uncle Bobby McLeod, mm. right? And it was, I think, his last C- CD, uh, Doomeraj. Yeah. Doomeraj, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a song on there called Fireman. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's, that's a great mm. song. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a real sort of like, yes. that's got a real bluesy vibe. And he finished up with the fire, you know? Yes. Oh, and, 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 and that sort of resonated quite a bit with the fires that have been yeah. racing through the country, oh, particularly yes. New South Wales. Yeah. I said, I said, I went, well, and I said, no, we need to listen to these words. Yeah. So it was actually about, you know, crises and chaos and, well, it's the way I interpret it, um, we wait for a situation to get to that point <laughs> yeah. where we've actually got to be a fireman yeah. to try and put it out, yes. you know. Yeah. And um, anyway, it's, it's sort of played into because the, the fires, you know, the, the yeah. South Coast yeah, panic was... Um, extreme at that point and um, I don't know we we were going we were driving somewhere and I I just said oh you know I just changed the CDs yes I've got CDs in my car everybody (laughs) I've got a CD I've got a I've got a six CD player so I'm going to use it you know but yeah Bobby McLeod he had so many stories to tell Mm. about everything about you know you think they sit back and think now and listen and maybe some of those people would listen to Aboriginal ways, there wouldn't be any out of control fires, you know, and they, mm. because they use control fires to control things. Mm. Where if the rage and out of control fires, they said that only way you can control an out of control fire is with a controlled fire. Yes. I don't know. I'm just. Yes. So the the, the whole cultural burning and and uh, etc. Et I mean, there's been so much interest yeah. in it. But I note that you know. Let's you, hope they can learn something. Eh? 
yeah, well, you know, there, there's interest in it, but mm. is the learning going to happen and then is the learning going to change into yeah. into the right sort of action? Oh, in a way, tell most of the animals that burnt and other forests that burnt and all the butterflies have broken wings. I don't know. So I note you you um, have played at a you, did you play at a bushfire benefit? Other than three within the yeah. last three days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very. And and you're you're heading down to Melbourne. Yeah, sort for of another one. Yeah. Yes. So that's and that's particularly for um, our our native animals, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's for the hmm. you know the pictures you see of these burnt koalas. That's sad. So sad, isn't it? And not only see the animal, but the trees, beautiful living things, you know, which give us our sacred breath. Well, that's that's their home too. So I've sort of thought of that. I've thought, you know, one billion animals mm. they've estimated and, you know, it, it's likely more than that, one billion. Yep. It's just, but, you know, they've got nowhere to live. And they have nothing to go home to. Yeah. Same, yeah. you know. Yeah. Whew. So you know, so we're uh, it, it's a it's a pretty heavy time, and you know there, there's been discussion too, of course, um, publicly, but you know amongst mm. amongst the mobs for sure, you know on on these animals uh, being mm. our totems. Yes. So so we have you know extra layers of of grief around the situation, mm. but you know as a as a you know you've been through. More than your fair share of, of of challenges in your life, I I think we are looking at a lot of trauma amongst Aboriginal communities as a result of these fires, yeah. and you know, our communities oh, yeah. generally, mm. but but as Aboriginal people, there are yes. different layers yeah. for us. I mean, ha- have you got any thoughts about that? Well, I mean, when we look at the news and that we see, you know, uh, property damage, mm. you know, we hear. You know, lives lost and property damage. But when we look at the animals, we don't see the same thing. But they have their property damage. They have their homes gone. They lost. They don't have nothing to go home to. Mm. So push that aside and concentrate and focus on on uh, personal pro- private property. See, private property was nothing about we don't know private property. We know personal property, mm. but we don't know private property. We are privates without property. Yes. You know, our culture, our, you know, we don't know that. We didn't believe that anything could be given away or to anyone or sold to anyone as part of an old tribe, you know. We didn't. So when we look at destruction of, of property, I mean, you burn those trees down, you burn life from it, that's part of our property as well you know it's not materialistic but it's still our property Mm. because we know private property we don't know uh we know personal property not private property you know yeah so yeah that's a part of our nature i mean bobby go back to bobby now he had another song called living free to respect the wonders of flowers beasts and bird while legends told of long ago you know wayward dreams he called it can you, sing, can you sing a little bit of it? Listen, ah, I'd like to think of how the black man used to roam this land, being part of nature itself, for them was their garden plan. 
Living free to respect the wonders of flowers, bees, and birds. While legends told of long ago was always to be heard. While they used to hunt their wild game down with long and practice skill. Enough to live on day by day was all they'd ever kill. Hunger was an unknown word because of not enough to eat. Roasting on the fires you'd find was the possum and the kangaroo meat. Yes, we are a part of this vast and peaceful place. Freedom then was a common thing for the whole Aborigine race. Why the white man tried to take a way of life it seemed because it wouldn't fit into their wayward scheme and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tearing up here. Oh, well, so am I. <sighs> That's just who we are. This is a cup around and the yarn. We must, you know, feel for each other as people, as Aboriginal people, think well of each other, because we can get things done ourselves. I'm amazed, though, that that you've invoked Uncle Bobby. Oh man, we've done so much together over the years. We went in all these jails, and you know, we done so many inside prisons from here in America and Canada, and. Meeting a lot of our young people inside, you know, and and sometimes we'd have to sit there and talk. We're not stars inside. We go inside the jail. Bobby said, "We're not stars, you know. We're black stars, but black stars don't shine, you know. Yeah, I mean, you could see us at night, but we're in the day as well. And we'd sit down talking to some young inmate, you know, one of the brothers. He'd be feeling this." Disappointed, but he didn't get a visit. He'd see his mates getting visits, and he'd be so angry. He said, "You know, no one like me. They no come and see me." I said, "We well, often sit there and tell them that your parents love you. Your parents can't come all the way in. They can't afford to come and see you. Yeah. You got to remember this. But they're thinking of you. They care for you. They love you. Remember that." Yeah, that's right. Yes, and you know we. Uh, it's hard to sort of lift people up inside it. That's, that's another place. You give 100%. You can't be half-hearted because they know that takes a while to get lifted, then they'll stay lifted for two or three weeks. So, And that's about who you are and knowing where you are, you know. Mm. And it's about trying to uplift and, you know, people who's all you get is south rounds and height stairs. And, but we know deep inside they great people and Aboriginal people we believe get into trouble accidentally so. <laughs> yeah. so so with your music then you know would you say that that that's a that's that's a common thread is 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 uplifting oh yes especially when we come to a point we we feeling so bad you know we get angry Anger is, is not really good for us. We need to control our anger. We need to direct our anger. We need to remember that anger is one letter word short of danger. Put a D on there in, in, in the beginning of anger. What you got? You got danger. <clears throat> so anger's, you know, need, we need to control that. We need to direct it. And, you know, remember, if you 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 carrying a double-edged blade sword around by the blade mm. you know you hold that anger so mm. Mm. and that's um, when i say we get in trouble accidentally it's because of our anger and because we need to direct it in a better way direct it to the upkeep and uplift of our people you know that, well that's right yeah and we need a power strength and unity we come together in unity we need to be binds because we no matter where we're from, we are bound together as, as people. We are one. But if we are 
are tied together and we are in line, we're not, we're not united, we just stand and in line. So it's about us being thinking well of each other. I'm, think, I, I, I'm all for, you know, uh, uh, thinking well of people, you know, social and emotional well-being. That's about it. Mm. thinking well about our old people, you know, thinking more, see them do something for them, stop and say hello. And Bobby McLeod, a touch of the hand or a thought so dear, go back to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his songs. Yeah. A touch of the hand or a thought so dear. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's all we need. And, and that's all part of music. It's all part of healing. And we are healing. Mm. Where his medicine is patented, he, you know, he's got to put a label on it. Mm. That's so. right. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, it, it, we are healing and it, and it is a healing time I think yes for, for the country I think it's a it's a healing time for everybody and because we're not sort of binded too much with each other we sort of tend to believe, think that you know we 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 can do it ourselves or I think oh, I'm right I'm I'm good mm. if there's something wrong and you can't sort of deal with it go and talk to some of them old people you know you mm. instead of going to the point where you say oh, I'm, I'm hopeless I'm helpless I'm worthless mm. and you know, and when you start thinking that way, you, you, you're just thinking lower. Where I, I am what I am, and I always will be. I am somebody. Mm. Yes. Mm. That's that song, Johnny Huckle. Mm. I am what oh, I am. I Johnny. always will be. Johnny Huckle. Oh, Johnny Huckle, one of the great You know, men. I've got to, I, that's, <coughs> I've got to check on him. Yeah. Never seen him for so a while. Many years. Yeah, so he's in Canberra still. Mm. Um, but I, he pops up every so often, and he, he he'll send me a message on Facebook oh. and whatever. But I, I haven't actually seen him for a while. I hope he's well. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he's he gets so much. He get a great gift too. Of, yes. Of healing and you know. What a voice, huh? What a voice. As well. And what I'd love to see what you two on strength. stage together. Oh yes. man, when we get together, we just sit there and we just sing and talk and yarn, meet, greet, and eat and whatever. We have to try and get him to Tamworth. Oh, yes. Next year, maybe. Let's try and get him, eh? Because yeah. I mean, he'll do a, a good show, a good set, but he'll continue to, you know, sing. He, mm, even mm. if he's anything that's there, you wanna. You want to go and get a drink of water, he'll sing about that. Mm. I need some water. I need some refreshing water. You mm. Know? Mm. That's Johnny Huckle. That's Johnny Huckle. And his curry love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> some curry love we need. Yes. And uh, it, it was a lovely, you know, for the Aboriginal Cultural Showcase, you, you sang uh, Curry Rose. Curry Rose. Wow. We, we were having a joke. We go, well, you know. Yes, I want to say Murray Rose. Yeah, we're Murray Rose. <laughs> and people didn't know Murray Rose. No, they were like, huh? And I didn't want to go to explain that, you know. But I had to because I didn't want to say, oh, I love you, my little Murray Rose. <laughs> Ugh, I wouldn't, I'm not comfortable with that. Oh, I can't even think of that, so we'll stick with Curry Rose. So yeah. th- this is a this is a very curry podcast. Yeah, It's okay. a Murray podcast. Murray podcast. It's a Nanga yeah. podcast We're in Murray well. country, you know. We're yeah. in Murray country, This yeah. is Murray country. Oh, yeah. You know, we... The word for man in the Gomorrah oh. language is Murray. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Murray man, Murray woman. Yeah, okay. So we okay. marry that Queensland, New South Wales border. Yeah. That's not, don't mean anything. Well, I'm Nunga. How, how does that fit in? We're Nunga. 
Yeah, yeah well, South Australia. Yeah, South South I believe back before Europeans come here, there was a there was stability across an old nation. Oh, no, look, the the, the state borders are still just happening it's today. a construct. They try yes. to muck us up, you know, mm. distract us and separate us, and but we still we know who we are. We know what's happening in the West. Same as happening here, no different. Yep. So we are who we are. We Aboriginal people. Original. I am the original. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. I do. We were the first to walk the land. We were the first human man. Roger Knox. Sorry like... for bursting the song. No, you're right. I'd like to thank you very much for, for, for having a cup and a yarn today. So if you, you've broken into song a couple of times, and I mean, I thank you for singing a bit of uh, Bobby McLeod's oh, yeah. work because, yeah, I very uh, I I loved him deeply, but you know, yeah. he's a, was an amazing human being. But um, if you were going to break into a song, something of your own, if there was something that came out, and I know that well. it's, it's a spontaneous, but if you were going to pick something, what would it be? Uh, well, there's or, right so now. many songs. Yeah, there's in so my many, mind. of course. But, but if it was this, this moment, yeah, no, this but, moment. Well, this moment we talk about like when we. T- oh, well, let's let's go back a little bit further. When we talk about we talk about Bobby McLeod, and there's others that like Bobby who didn't get the chance to mm. to write their songs. You know, yes. they made them up. They didn't put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Uncle Dougie Young, mm-hmm. you know, Dougie Young was a legend from. Mitchell, Will Kenya, you know, he talked, I recorded uh, about uh, four songs of his, but he was not, he never made a record, but he talked about uh, treaty, he talked about nuclear politics back before, in the time when you couldn't even mention that. Now, he said, one of his songs goes, uh, these presidents and governments, they argue every day they try to start a brawl. If they're going to be a nuclear war, what's going to happen to us all? So I'll just linger on when from this world I'm gone. This will be my last request. Bury me where the crow flies backward and the pelican builds his nest. I was born in the scrub in the Mai Mai on the river called the Baku. My parents left me when I was quite young to battle my own canoe. It took me long to Yamada Station with a stock whip to tan my hide that threw me in the saddle of a bucking horse. That's how I learned to ride. While I'm tall, dark and lean every place I've been, the white man calls me Jack. It's no crime, I'm not ashamed, I was born in my skin so black. But when it comes to riding rough horses and waking cattle, I mix it with the best in the land where the crow flies backward and the pelican builds his nest. Dougie Young, the legend. He's a singer, songwriter, poet, but he was known as that because he didn't put pen to paper. But these were legends. Uncle Larry Craigie, where I'm from, Middle Camp, mm-hmm. you know, and I did a song called Murray's Plea. You know, he, 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 all his songs are lost because he didn't write them down. Some beautiful stories lost. So I'm really happy and that Bobby got his stuff done. And when I think about it, I'm like Larry Craig and Dougie Young, how many songs they would have had. How many songs would have been stolen off them. Yeah. Hey, mm. so. But you, you you are still singing well, songs, I so they're alive. Well, not in that. I, I was inspired by these people. 
Yes. I wrote yes. on my new okay. album. Okay. Uh, Twelve songs, the first time I've ever written, put pen to paper. Mm. I mean, I made a lot up in over the years, but mm. because I made them up and they disappeared from my mind and I didn't put them down, you know, hey, so I just thought I'd like to do that. And You'd better put them down. Yes. I did one about my mum, I call it Black Tear Tracks, how they were taken away, you know, how they get their nurture and from their mother, from the womb. Everything you learn is from your mum. But if you were taken away as a child, where you, you know, you, you lose all that. But how did they find their way back, those people who were stolen? How did they find their way back? And this is what a story I told about my mum. Has she come back? I call it Black Tear Tracks. And what album is this on? This is a new one that I'm hoping to get out this year. Okay. So yeah. you're, you're okay, hoping for 2020? 2020, yes. Do you have a title for the I album? I don't have a title. Not yet? It's in the cans, in the mix in Sydney somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I do talk about people like Dougie Young. And Dougie Young wrote uh, a song called uh, Prison Walls. So what we did, we did a song about Dougie Young. We call it Dougie Young, Dougie Young the Legend. I mentioned Dougie because yeah. he was a great you know, storyteller back in them days. Who never got the chance to record or had his stories told or put it in books and you know we met these people we miss out on mm. i mean you get poets around like henry lawson and you know those people but dougie was part of that story as well and who knows they could have stole from him because they what the word they call it for stealing plagiarism mm. hey who knows what they stole dougie young and there's a lot of stories out there that goes on about who he knocked around with. Now, this is, I don't know, I mean, I believe those people from Will Canyon, them places, where he said he knocked around with Gordon Parson, who wrote a very famous song called The Pub With No Beer. Yes. How do we know Doug Young didn't write that? Yeah, and they stole it from him. We don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm going to believe he did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Roger, thank you so much for your time. I, I, I really appreciate it. And I know we, we could happily keep yarning. But, yeah, um, and I have great gratitude in my heart too for sitting here listening to you and, and doing what you're doing. So. Well, I, I, I want to listen. Yeah. I want to listen more. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life listening. Yeah. No, with, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. But I've spent a lot of my life also thinking about the next question I'm going to ask. Yeah. So I, I'm past that point. I'm um, at the point now And I'm where thinking about the next question you're going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's all right. No, that's no. good. No, and I don't know what I'm going to yeah, ask no, you. Yeah, no, you've done well. That's, that's great. But, but that's oh, it. Oh, well, you're a journalist anyway, so... No, but yeah. that's it. But that, as, as you say, the, the, the mm. thing is mouth closed. I love to talk. I love to yarn. And so do you. And there's times when we have to do that. That's right. But there's times when we have to use these as well. Mm. You know, they are not not, not ever closed. Mm. So any any words of wisdom for anybody who's listening? Now, this would be someone in Australia, someone not Uh, maybe Aboriginal, maybe non-Indigenous. Yeah, well, I believe in humanity. I believe that we're first and foremost human people. But I believe that we as people need to come together more as loving, caring, sharing, understanding, which is another quote from Bobby McLeod. But 
to me, we need to sort of be stronger, you know. Uh, let's deal with each other and ourselves before we can go and deal with anyone else. Mm -hmm. Let's uplift ourselves. Then we can go to a point where we can come out here and we can build ourselves up better and and be stronger and be prouder and be, you know, louder, I suppose. But first of all, we have to come together, peace, harmony, unity, strength, and, you know, wellness. Mm. We have to think well of each other. Think positive, hang around positive people, brush aside the negative, and be happy, stay happy, listen, listen, listen to the sound what's happening within your own heart. You've got a regular heartbeat that's regular. If it's become irregular, then you've got to check it out. Mm -hmm. So that's life itself. You know, we're on a regular uh, flow. I mean, there's people around who's tricky and will often tell us to go with the flow. But we must remember dead fish go with the flow. We can swim upstream. An aeroplane has to land into the wind. So if the wind's against you, that's all right. But I'm for the uplift and upkeep of Aboriginal people. Strength, harmony, peace, understanding and unity. Because I love my people. Thank you, Roger Knox, for having a cup of the yarn. You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania, Manania.